Hi, hello, how are you? Welcome back. I'm Phil, and this is the podcast Clips to Bounds. Thanks for coming back, and thanks if you're listening again. If this is your first time listening, or if you didn't already know, Clips to Bounds is a show all about writing code and about writing words. Each episode is very small and very bite-sized, so never more than 20 minutes and never less than 10 minutes. Just perfect for your commute to work. Each episode, I pick a specific area of interest and share some thoughts and experiences and some perspectives on that topic. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Clips to Bounds, and subscribe to the feed so that you know as soon as I hit the publish button. Today I'm joined by my friend Carlos Milagrito. Carlos is a designer and a developer based in Melbourne. Hey, thanks for having me. And today we're diving into the subject of diversity in technology. Okay, CJ, I want to start by establishing my understanding of diversity. There are many different demographics that differentiate one group of people from another, and these differentiators sometimes do and don't overlap. So an individual can be a member of many different segments of people. Yep. And to me, diversity in technology refers to many, many different things. So that includes like gender, non-binary gender, race, age, experience, wealth, political views, skin color, and sexuality, and probably a lot more that I just haven't remembered. It's really tough to represent all sides and aspects of diversity with just two people, and I just want to acknowledge that we might not get it spot on today, but we're going to try. So I've never asked you, CJ, but what does diversity actually mean to you? Um, I think the biggest misconception about diversity is that it's simply including different kinds of people. It's more than that. Diversity is about introducing many other perspectives on an issue other than your own. And it just so happens that in order to bring different viewpoints, you have to bring in people different from you. And it is those differences in background and way of thinking that will allow them to share a whole new side of the story you've never even considered before. And so you have a bit of a different background to me, don't you? So does wealth and privilege affect your work and your studies on a day-to-day basis? Um, well, okay. So first off, I'm really lucky to be a part of a community, particularly the design and development community that's like really quite inclusive. Being a guest on this podcast right now is like a really great example of that. Although there are, and I have seen some quite toxic people in this community, (coughs) designer news. (laughs) Um, although here's the thing, just because nothing that bad is happening to me doesn't mean it's happening to other people. In the real world though, things are different. It's not like the internet. I can't hide behind my work. When I'm out and about, people judge you based off how you look. That is, they make assumptions on how you think without confronting their thoughts and then act accordingly. I've experienced it firsthand too many times that I've embraced it as a norm and I don't know how to react anymore. And, I mean, does it have a, like, an effect on your long-term goals? Um, I don't think so. Again, I'm way too lucky to be in a situation where racism and prejudice isn't a barrier for me. In fact, I'm using my difference and my privilege right now, well, I think of it as a privilege because nothing that bad's happening to me, as a part of the design and development community to help promote others like me and perhaps even give a chance for people who are like me but not as lucky. Well, okay, so you have some differences to me in many different ways, but then again, you and I also share some privileges that other people don't. So just think about us right now. You and I, we're both males, and we're on the show, and we're talking about diversity. 
Obviously, we don't bring to the table 100% of an accurate perspective on gender diversity. And I think that that right there is representative of part of the problem. There aren't enough women around and involved in technology providing that important perspective that's actually really needed. Yep, definitely. And so a couple of weeks ago, I actually attended an advanced screening of this film Code, Debugging the Gender Gap. And it was a really insightful documentary into some of the ways that the tech industry has been for a long time, just making it really difficult for women to get involved. And one of the things that I loved about the film was the way it characterized the problems of gender gender diversity as mostly just an issue of mentality. That way back in the early days of software engineering, the first programming languages were actually developed by women and writing computer instructions was a job that was targeted towards women. And then at some point in time, ultimately the mindset shifted and it became targeted strictly at men. And from that grew this now really prominent culture, the tech bro culture, that is so discouraging mentally to young women who consider studying to become a developer or a designer in the tech industry. Correct. Like, who are we talking about gender diversity right now, right? (laughs) But, like, I mean, do you remember when Designer News started selling t-shirts and all they could offer was male fit sizes? Do you remember that? Yeah. Well... It was a mistake on their end, but what's hilarious is that they were too busy being white and male that they forgot to consider selling shirts tailored for the other 50% of the world's population. And there were even males in the discussion thread right in Designer News, somewhere, who defended for having the male-only size. What a sausage fest. (laughs) Did Designer News, like, actually do that? It sounds to me like it's something from The Onion News. Yep, and it's actually happening right now. It's almost surreal. We need to change the image of what young kids see the tech industry as. We need to promote more people who aren't white and male. And Phil, your next guest better do that. (laughs) Well, the pressure really is on for me now to find the right guest. I feel like the problems of gender diversity are ultimately linked in some ways to the whole wealth and privilege issue. I mean, our industry is full of white males because, at least in Western society, the wealthy and the privileged are typically the white males. Do you see that sort of thing in your own experiences? Yep, and it's quite common. So, I'm sort of in this middle ground between being surrounded by people who are quite wealthy and people who aren't doing as well as I am. I mean, there are people right now who don't have the time to podcast on a Sunday morning, which is a luxury. And I understand those people right now so very much. And I'm not rich, but I don't want to use that as an excuse for creating mediocre work. So I use my current situation to push myself to create better work so I can focus on myself and at the same time help others who aren't as lucky. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely always on my mind the fact that I come from a very privileged background compared to so many other people in our industry. And even just that I'm surrounded by so many other people that are even more well-off than that. And it raises questions as to whether we're really doing enough. Am I really doing enough? I mean, I've had days where I just leave work and I hit this wall of just, isn't all of this just contributing to the problem? Making it worse by not making any of it better? Yep. Yep. It can definitely happen. Okay, so I'll admit, taking a step back... There are times where I get so frustrated that I can't do this and that because of that wealth barrier. But I improvise, and other people like me who are in that situation also improvise, 
and they find other ways around their situation. I'd like to think it's this improvisation that made me who I am today, and I'm a little bit proud of that. Like, if I had been raised any different, you'd be talking to a completely different person. <laughs> That's a good point. So something I do also consider, though, is that when it comes to a lot of aspects of our society, the technology industry is more often than not leading the pack. So when it comes to art, technology is a really driving force in art. When it comes to communication, technology is a big component of the way people communicate. And when it comes to culture, these days, more and more of our culture now just involves and lives on the internet. So I think as much as the problem is really evident still throughout the tech industry, it also affects so many other industries. But I believe that our industry, the tech industry, is working the hardest and is most likely at the forefront of eventually solving this problem. I don't know, like, do you feel the same way? Mm, sort of. I want you to think of the story of every successful tech founder back in the early 2000s. They're all white, male, and at one point or another, were, I'm putting air quotes here, lucky enough to be at the right place and at the, air quotes, right time to have founded their company. But that right place and right time is their excuse for wealth and privilege. It sucks that that's the way it is. But here's the thing. People are now more aware. The tech industry is changing, and it's changing fast. In the words of the now Google CEO Sundar Pichai, technology is a great equalizer. I really hope the tech industry becomes a platform for more people with different backgrounds to have a chance at being super successful someday. Well, the tech industry, at least with regard to the leaders, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Apples, the Googles, Hoolies and Pie Pipers, it's all about creativity, isn't it? Yeah. Well, diversity in all its forms is such an important thing to doing creative work. And I truly believe that creativity isn't something that just happens in isolation. It happens out in the open where anyone and everyone can contribute. It requires considering all perspectives of society and building products that truly understand their actual users. And so I think in order to really understand our users, the people that are behind products and companies that are building these things need to themselves be diverse and be real. Yep, really agree on that one. So if you think about these companies where their entire leadership teams and their board of directors are just full of privileged, wealthy white males, isn't it just blatantly obvious that they do not have what it takes to build great products and to be leaders? They'll say that they care about their users and they care about the work that they do, but unless they're willing to be more open-minded and to actually take criticisms from people that are beneath them, then in my perspective, they just don't have what it takes. Yep, yep, I see what you mean. That makes sense. But, like, what's great about the tech industry is that it's providing a platform for once unheard voices to sing. That is, as more people get the chance to share their story, companies listen and start to consider their points of view. And once they consider other people's points of view, they start making products that consider other people's points of view. And so on and so on. It just loops. We're slowly building startups, companies, and products shaped and formed by a variety of different stories and backgrounds. I think it's bringing people and their ideas together to help each other. And that's what diversity is all about. 
Definitely. And I'll add to that by saying that the most enriching and creative places to work as time continues moving forward are the companies and the teams that are actively and, to be honest, aggressively welcoming and encouraging people from all walks of life. Agreed 100%. Like, you can't make a product loved by everyone if you weren't thinking of including everyone while making it. Okay, well, we've already covered so much of such a broad and really deep subject. Before we run out of time, let's try and wrap up the show. Thank you, Carlos, for taking the time on your Sunday to join me. No worries. This was fun to talk with you. And thank you for listening to the show. Remember, you can always follow the show on Twitter at clips to bounce or you can even follow me on Twitter at Phil Ferrugia. And you can follow Carlos on... At CJMLGRTO. Great. Thanks to everyone who gave me feedback. Please keep the feedback coming. And let me know if there's any way that you feel I can improve the show. See you all next time.